This is LBC with Nick Abbott. So what are we doing? Carol, we're going to America. We're going to talk to Simon Marks, who will uh, give us an update on what on earth is going on. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Um, I think things are moving uh, in a definitely very concerning direction as far as Ukraine is concerned. Within the last uh, hour or so, President Biden, for the first time publicly, has said that he believes that Russian President Vladimir Putin has now taken the decision to launch an invasion. We're convinced that President President Putin is going to invade Ukraine. Is that what you just said a few moments ago? Yes, I did. Yes. That's the president speaking after a telephone conversation in which he consulted with a variety uh, of European allies and partners, including the Prime Minister, uh, Emmanuel Macron of France, Olaf Scholz of Germany, and uh, others. Uh, he went on to say that even though he believes that decision has been taken to launch an invasion, he thinks there is still a narrow window open for more diplomacy to try and defuse the tensions. It is not too late to de-escalate and return to the negotiating table. Last night, Russia agreed that Secretary of State Blinken and Foreign Minister Lavrov should meet on, fe- on February 24th, February 24th in Europe. But if Russia takes military action before that date, we'll be clear that they have slammed the door shut on diplomacy. They will have, ch- they will have chosen a war and they will pay a steep price for doing so. Not only from the sanctions that we and our allies will impose on Russia, but the more outrage the rest of the world will visit upon them. And as the president was making those comments, social media started carrying images and video from Luhansk in eastern Ukraine. That's a part of Ukraine that is controlled by Russian separatists, where an explosion of some kind has taken place tonight. There are reports, unconfirmed, but multiple reports, that it's the Druzhba pipeline, which is the longest oil pipeline in the world. It's a massive pipeline delivering oil from Russia and other former Soviet uh, republics uh, to Europe. A section of it passes through eastern Ukraine and that section of eastern Ukraine that is controlled by Russian separatists. Uh, The Russian separatists are accusing the Ukrainians of causing that explosion. Uh, Ukraine's government says it had absolutely nothing to do with them and this of course is fueling the notion promulgated by the Biden administration for days now that the Russians are going to create some kind of pretext to invade Ukraine. Uh, The Speaker of the Russian Parliament in Moscow tonight citing those reports, which are blanketing state media in Russia, about the pipeline explosion, insisted that Russia did not want war, but if it became necessary to mount a military operation to defend Russian speakers in eastern Ukraine, then that was absolutely what the country was going to have to do. Uh, And tonight, from uh, Jennifer Griffin, a Pentagon correspondent for Fox News, but a uh, splendid correspondent uh, working at the Defense Department, in fact, a a former colleague of mine. Uh, She is reporting tonight that a senior U.S. defense official is saying that 40 to 50 percent of Vladimir Putin's troops, and remember, the Americans say there could be as many as 190,000 of them, have moved into attack positions. Putin now has as many as 120 
25 battalion tactical groups amassed and in the words of this senior U.S. defense official, the destabilization campaign has begun. So it looks like we are in for a uh, dramatic weekend and certainly a dramatic week ahead uh, in Ukraine with all sorts of uncertainties ahead. It seems uh, bizarre that this scenario has been predicted for so long now, this uh, false flag plot, uh, basically attacking your own side and making it seem like it's, uh, you know, the the Russians attacking Russians and making it appear as though Ukraine had, um, you know, launched an attack on them as an excuse to start an invasion. But people have been saying out loud that he's going to be doing that for ages now, that he would actually go ahead and do it anyway. It just seems bizarre. Well, it is bizarre, but President Biden was saying tonight, if you thought about the claim that Ukraine had done this, that also defies belief, because why on earth would Ukraine, which we all know has absolutely no chance whatsoever of winning uh, a a ground war with Russia, why on earth would Ukraine do something that was pretty much guaranteed to spark a Russian invasion that President Biden said tonight is going to go all the way to Kiev and may well... Uh, overthrow the government of President Volodymyr uh, Zelensky. I mean, there is another possibility here, uh, which is that the Russian separatists themselves want to spark a Russian invasion of Ukraine because they want eastern Ukraine absolutely to be recognised by Vladimir Putin as quote-unquote independent so that they can then uh, come into uh, Vladimir Putin's sphere of influence and essentially be, uh, you know, a Russian colony and that would see at least eastern Ukraine uh, taken back into Russia's orbit in much the same way uh, as the Crimean Peninsula was annexed by the Russians back in 2014 on uh, Barack Obama's watch. Uh, I mean the the region is an absolute tinderbox and and, you know that's one of the issues here. You could literally stumble into war because there are uh, so many disparate groups and competing aims and ambitions. I did exchange a message uh, tonight with one former top State Department official about this pipeline explosion uh, who was making the point that uh, US government officials will certainly have wargamed the possibility uh, of the Druzhba pipeline being attacked, that it has long been seen by the United States as a possible target that could spark uh, a broader invasion. So uh, that may explain why President Biden was so delayed in terms of making his remarks tonight, although he made no specific comments about that pipeline blast. He was talking much more broadly about these false flag operations that he and the Secretary of State and others have, as you say, been warning for weeks were in the pipeline. Um, To me, not that I know anything about anything, but it looks less like Vladimir Putin is concerned about uh, being uh, attacked by NATO countries. And it's more, he's more concerned about his plunging popularity in his home country, when they when he um, uh, barged into Crimea, I think his popularity among the Russian people went up to about eighty five percent approval rate. Now it's down to about forty, and um, and Russians are looking over the border at the wealthier Europeans and thinking, huh, maybe we're not um, uh, actually the greatest country in the world. Maybe Vladimir Putin isn't the right man for me, and so. He's really trying to just um, re-establish his, uh, his authority and his popularity among his um, people back home, no? 
Yeah, and you can take this even further back than that. You can trace this all the way back to 1996-1997 when Vladimir Putin was selected by Boris Yeltsin to be his successor uh, on the basis of a backroom deal that was done between Yeltsin and Putin. Putin agreeing that he wasn't going to pursue the Yeltsin family uh, legally for any of the corruption that had been taking place inside Russia during the final years of Yeltsin's rule. Uh, what did Vladimir Putin do in order to establish his credentials with the Russian people? Because remember, they had no idea who he was. He was a relatively low-level KGB official plucked from obscurity to succeed Yeltsin. He invaded Chechnya. And the war with the breakaway region of Chechnya, of which there were then two, I mean two separate, massive military offences, offensives, was one of the most brutal wars uh, that uh, Europe and, and southern Europe has ever witnessed. Grozny absolutely absolutely obliterated from the face of the earth by Russian armed forces. And it was that first war particularly where Putin learnt to understand that if he could control the message that was going into the living rooms of Russia uh, by making sure that he controlled the narrative on Russian state television and then during the second war expropriating the assets of the private channels uh, that had been covering the war in Chechnya almost as though it was Russia's Vietnam. So he expropriated their assets and turned them into propaganda vehicles for him as well. As a result of all of that, he was able to ride high in the opinion polls in Russia and really begin the very, very long period in rule that he, of rule that he has subsequently enjoyed. You can trace all of that back to the military operation that he conducted in Chechnya. We saw a very similar play book uh, in Crimea in 2014 and now it seems likely possible at least that that playbook will be uh, back in vogue in the Kremlin uh, as far as uh, a broader offensive towards uh, Ukraine is concerned and if you're Vladimir Putin sitting in the Kremlin forging a new much warmer relationship with President Xi Jinping of China you see a weak president in the form of President Joe Biden uh, the president here tonight insisting that Europe is absolutely absolutely united about responding to Russian aggression, but there are obvious fissures and disagreements over the scale of sanctions that President Biden says he wants to impose. You look at all that if you're Vladimir Putin and you think opportunity knocks. Good to talk to you, Simon. Thanks for that. Simon Marks from Washington, D.C. Uh, the phone number here, 0345 6060 973. Text 84850. Email nick a at lbc.co.uk. And if you're on Twitter, it's at LBC. Friday, Saturday, Sunday night at 10. Nick Abbott, LBC.